Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today it's liver function. But we're also going to talk about uh, the importance of liver, kidney, spleen. It's, it's, and we're going to go over triglycerides, cholesterol, everything. So you will no longer be afraid of your body unless you watch news. So the, tonight we're going to have Dr. Tony is going to be on. And he's a brilliant naturopath. And we're going to go over certain conditions and supplements. And, and he's just a great guy. So tonight's going to be fun. Um, the censored portion, because we are going to have a censored portion because we cannot talk about certain medical injectable procedures, particularly that we can't talk about now. But just imagine if we were to say that there's a certain gene-altering injectable medical procedure that alters DNA function in the liver six hours after the injection. Uh, yeah, so this thing is altering liver function. Hence, um, since a, a good majority of the population is getting that injectable medical procedure, we are going to see a boatload of liver issues coming up. And that will be all on the Dr. BVIP. And those that are supporting us, God bless you and thank you. It's just super appreciated. Um, it's also we're going to have on Extreme Health Academy. I just spent about a two-hour webinar with them. This past Sunday, it was amazing, but you can still get on there for two weeks for no charge for the Dr. B14, or Bergman 14 is the, the code. So let's look at this. Let's look at facts and solutions for high cholesterol. It's not really solutions. What we want to do is find out what cholesterol is. So now, cholesterol is elevated under tissue damage or hormone production. That's it. Okay, if you have high cholesterol, the Mediterranean diet and exercise shows way more benefits than a cholesterol-lowering drug or a statin. Now, high stress, you actually require high cholesterol. You need elevations in cholesterol in order to survive. Low levels of cholesterol are associated with, get this, higher stroke rates, higher cancers, and dementia. Now, reducing bread, pasta, sugars, alcohol, and processed foods okay, will actually lower cholesterol. And remember, your body is self-healing and self-regulating. And Linus Pauling, since um, the body utilizes cholesterol for tissue repair, you have arteries, and these arteries um, have a muscular layer in it. And didn't you always wonder why cholesterol clogs arteries, but it doesn't clog veins? Because they're actually getting the blood to test cholesterol levels out of the veins. Well, it's because it doesn't clog the arteries. What happens is there's toxins in the bloodstream that clog these small blood vessels called vasovasorums. They're the blood vessels of the blood vessels. And if there's such high pressure in some of these arteries that if the artery in the abdomen breaks, okay, you're dead in around three to four minutes. So the body is always looking to repair these high-stress, high-pressure systems. So if there's damage to the vasovasorums or the blood vessels that supply the blood vessels, then that muscular tissue gets weak. So the body goes in there with fibrin, calcium, and cholesterol and builds a placking or a protective layer. Now, Linus Pauling figured out years ago how to remove, decalcify the plaque from the arteries. This is literally cleaning the arteries. 
And he says between 3 to 5 grams of vitamin C a day and 2 grams of L-lysine a day. And, you know, get lots of water because this is going to be breaking up that calcium um, or calcific deposits and the placking and clean the arteries as a whistle. And the vitamin C you may get diarrhea from. If you do, just reduce the amount. Now, when some doctors say, well, um, there's HDL, which is good cholesterol, and LDL, which is bad cholesterol. No, there's two different types of carrier. There's only cholesterol. One type of cholesterol, that's it. So, so that the carriers are the key. Low-density lipoprotein, or LDL, carries cholesterol to the site of injury, and it's elevated under, under need or tissue production. Now, HDL actually carries cholesterol out of the bloodstream back to the liver for storage. Now, 80% of your total overall cholesterol is produced in your liver. Only 20% is in the water. So this incredibly insane world. Um, I mean, some medical doctors are proposing that statin drugs should be put in the water supplies um, and handed out to fast food customers. Remember, a few years ago, somebody wanted to put statin drugs in condiments because the food is so toxic, you mix a drug with it, it'll make the food more palatable. One out of four Americans, age 55 or older, are on a cholesterol-lowering drug, most of whom are they don't have cardiovascular problems. They're taking it prophylactically. So what this means is that Pfizer, have you heard about Pfizer? I know, everybody has. Um, they make $140 billion dollars. Um, uh, with uh, the Lipitor when it was on its patent. Now, let's look at triglyceride and cholesterol. Now, when we look at, um, say, different types of cholesterol, there's VLDL, or a very low-density lipoprotein, uh, ILDL, intermediate-density lipoprotein, and HDL, or high-density lipoprotein. Now, very VLDL or very low-density lipoprotein, it it's, it's, has a density like to extracellular water. So it's a type of lipid, lipoprotein made by the liver. Now, VLDL also is converted in the bloodstream to LDL, low-density low lipoprotein, and uh, intermediate-density lipoprotein. So VLDL is what it starts at. Now, triglycerides are com and cholesterol are two different types of lipids that circulate in the blood, but triglycerides store unused calories and provide your body with, with energy. Cholesterol is used to build cells and hormones. Now, triglycerides are in a form that most fat exists in the body. Uh, the carbohydrates, excess calories, your body also makes triglycerides. Now, triglycerides to fat where they're stored in the, the energy. Half of all the adults in the U.S. have either high or borderline high triglyceride levels. High triglycerides uh, levels have increased dramatically over the past 30 years. Because remember, what, it's, what is it from? It's from excess calories. What I explained, explained to a lot of patients is uh, glycerides. Glycerides is like a sugar, and that's more like a carbohydrate. Um, tri means three of them. So think of triglycerides as um, a massive form of excess calories, excess energy. 
And so since half the U.S. adults have borderline or high triglycerides levels, it means they're taking in more energy than you're, they're using. Now, high triglycerides contribute to the hardening of the arteries or the thickening of the arterial wall. Uh, and this increases, we're talking stroke, heart attack, heart disease, and really high triglycerides uh, can cause an inflammatory reaction of the pancreas. Now, you're not always getting this from um, food. A lot of medications have it has a side effect. Diuretics, which uh, more and doctors will call it a, um, a water pill, or it's they actually use it for swelling of joints and swelling of the legs, as well as um, uh, blood pressure regulation. Estrogen and progesterone. So this is going to be um, you're talking uh, birth control pills, okay? Retinoids, okay? It, again steroids, beta blockers, another blood pressure drug. Isn't it interesting that you, you, the, these two drugs, the diuretics and beta blockers, actually raise triglycerides. Triglycerides contribute to the hardening of the arteries. The hardening and thickening of the arteries walls increase the risk of stroke and heart attack. So aren't you supposed to take those drugs to reduce your, your heart attack and stroke? Okay, immune suppressants, and there's going to be a lot of steroids, can also elevate triglycerides. And HIV medications, hell yeah, those things are, are deadly. Now, a lot of people, there's, there's um, some diets, and there was a great article at a journal, uh, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. And this is trying to break the myth that um, increasing your fats increases your cholesterol. Well, here, the DASH diet, and DASH stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. Now, they looked into two different patterns. One, high in fruit and vegetables, but low-fat dairy. And then they did another one where high fruit and vegetables, but high-fat dairy. And what they found, so they did the standard diet with the low-fat, the DASH diet with the low-fat and the high-fat diet. What they found was the high-fat DASH diet um, lowered blood pressure, the same as the regular diet, DASH diet does, um, but it also reduced plasma triglycerides and VLD or lower um, LDL concentrations, LDL cholesterol. And remember, this is the cholesterol that, that some doctors are still saying is bad cholesterol when it's actually there's only one type of cholesterol. So high-fat foods and I'm talking high-fat, healthy foods, actually do lower cholesterol because you need that fat. And now, LDL is called low-density lipoprotein. It's a carrier protein whose job is to carry a chemical to every cell in the body. Now, this chemical, um, it, it makes bile. It breaks down fats, critical component to cell membranes. This is, this is cholesterol. Serves, it's an antioxidant for the brain. It coats your skin. It's the raw material with which your body manufactures vitamin D, cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. I mean, cholesterol it is a life-sustaining chemical. And I know what you're thinking. How come the doctors always give you a drug to lower it? because they're like monkeys beating a Ferrari with a stick. They know a little bit about it, and they, the, the public thinks that they know everything. Okay, so it's just crazy. Cholesterol is vital. Now, let's look at the difference between LDL and triglycerides. Increasing low-density lipoprotein 
decreases, decreases the severity and frequency of cerebral small vessel disease, okay? And this is where strokes, the most common, uh, vascular cognitive impairment. So increasing LDL helps lower, okay, severity of strokes and vascular impairment. However, increasing triglycerides, now remember, this is caused by a lot of different medications and eating foods that you can't process or utilize the nutrients. So it's too many calories. Increase in triglycerides uh, were associated with increased vascular vessel disease, small vessel disease uh, in older persons' community. Now, this was out of the Journal of Neurology. Now, the research co concluded that there's a strong correlation between threatening brain changes and blood measurements of triglycerides. High LDL levels were associated with less risk of brain changes, where high triglycerides, which reflect the amount of sugar in the blood um, it, or sugar in the diet, um, not the amount of fat a person consumes. Isn't that interesting? So healthy fats, so all those people that are recommending ketogenic diets, they're actually right on. So the fat does not clog the arteries. Okay, the triglycerides do damage the arterial walls. Yeah, you're not going to see that on mainstream news. Um, I, I, if you haven't seen Cheryl Atkinson, I mean, this gal has been vilified, kicked off of everything because she is one of the last reporters. Did the series called The Staten Wars, and this goes way back to 2018. It's, it's probably going to not be on the standard YouTube channels, but see if you can find it on the censored ones like Highwire. There's a couple of good channels out there that may have it, but she did a thing on statin wars. And what they're saying is that Lipitor, we're talking the most profitable drug in, in history. The FDA says it causes liver damage, memory disorders, type 2 diabetes, and muscle problems. So that's just nuts. Um, here's one, the Open Journal of Endocrine and Metabolic Disease Journal. Uh, quote, uh, naive and discriminate acceptance of novel mainstream therapies is not always advisable and prudence is required when unearthing harmful and the covert side effects. There is a categorical lack of clinical evidence to support the use of statin therapy in primary prevention. Statins actually augment cardiovascular risk in women, patients with diabetes mellitus, and the young. Furthermore, statins are associated with triple the risk of coronary artery and aortic calcifications. You might be saying, wait a second, my doctor prescribes this stuff so that I won't have a heart issue. I know the doctor is unaware of this. Remember, the doctor is trained by the people that make and in and sell that, that cholesterol-lowering drug, the statins. British Medical Journal, okay, and here we go. title of this article is uh, The Lack of Association or an Inverse Association Between Low-Density Lipoprotein Cholesterol and Mortality in the Elderlies. Uh, quote, it is well known that total cholesterol becomes less of a risk factor or not at all for all-cause cardiovascular mortality with increasing age. Wait a second. The older you get, the higher your LDL should be. High LDL cholesterol is inversely associated with mortality in most people over 60. 
this finding is inconsistent with the cholesterol hypothesis that cholesterol partly, like LDL cholesterol, is inherently atherogenic. Since uh, elderly people with high LDL live as long or longer than persons with low LDL, our analysis provides reasons to question the validity of the cholesterol hypothesis. Okay, now this article go, went back to 2016. Now, in 2015, the World Journal of Cardiology, the title of the article, Cholesterol Confusion and Statin Controversy. Quote, we conclude that the expectation that coronary heart disease could be prevented or eliminated by reducing cholesterol appears to be unfounded. Oh, my gosh. A, a whole different idea, okay, and a whole therapy that's been in practice for 20 years has been found to be wrong. The Food and Drug Administration, uh, they issued warnings regarding increased diabetes and decreased cognition with statin drugs. So how many people are taking a cholesterol drug for 20, 30 years and they have an issue with memory? Uh, quote, we believe that statin-centric cholesterol-lowering approach to prevention of cardiac um, coronary heart disease may be misguided. And boy, that's the understatement. They go on to say that early statin trials uh, reported significant mortality benefits, yet serious concerns have been raised about some of the studies regarding biased results. Premature trial terminations, under-reporting of adverse events, higher numbers of patients lost to follow-up, and oversuit oversight by the pharmaceutical company sponsor. You know, it, isn't that interesting? We could say that about the current vaccine schedule, uh, but this was on cholesterol-lowering drugs. So this is the same, um, the same band, just different tune. But think of this. Um, underreported risk of heart attacks in patients taking killers like Vioxx and Celebrex led to new regulatory rules for clinical trials in 2005. It's curious that statin trials conducted after 2005 failed to demonstrate a consistent mortality benefit. So they do not help you live longer. Okay, statins, and this is the expert review of clinical pharmacology, um, stimulate hardening of the arteries and heart failure. So what is this, the fourth article that says that cholesterol-lowering drugs cause uh, damage to the artery, artery walls? They go on to state, thus the epidemic of heart failure and atherosclerosis that plagues the modern world may be paradoxically be aggravated by the pervasive use of statin drugs. We propose that the current statin treatment guidelines be critically reevaluated. Um, clinical cardiology, statin therapy is associated with decreased heart muscle myocardial function. Um, at the Journal of Atherosclerosis, statin is associated with an increased prevalence in the extent of coronary plaques possessing calcium. Um, here's Dr. Brandon Westover from Massachusetts General Hospital. Uh, statins are commonly used to prevent heart attacks and strokes. Statins, though, increase the risk of a second stroke in these patients, outweighing any other heart benefits. Um, British Medical Journal, lower cholesterol levels are associated with decreased survival from ischemic stroke. A Scottish study found that 40-point decrease in serum cholesterol was associated with a 9% increase in the risk of all-cause mortality. So obviously, 
if the body makes something, okay, cholesterol, and it happens to be 50% of the overall weight of the brain, it happens to be the precursor to every hormone you make, okay, and if you take a drug to lower it, you're actually damaging the body. Yeah. So now, in the remaining time, let's look at the liver. <laughs> I know. Isn't this mind-blowing? It's it's just the... the, the and, and I encourage everybody to read the, this book. It's called The History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. And, and it literally goes back for hundreds of years, okay, and on how people figured out the size of the earth, the, 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 what, what gravity is, okay, um, what, what um, a- atoms are and what things are composed of. And over the centuries, centuries, very, very brilliant people, and I'm taught Newton, Einstein, came up with these fantastic theories that were proved to be wrong, but they were held with such a godlike status that nobody went after and and to change their view of, uh, you know, it's like Galileo. He thought that we were, that all the religions said that the earth was the center of the universe and the earth revolved around the sun. He said, no, the calculations show that we actually revolve around the sun. And and they wouldn't listen to him. They excommunicated him because his information was so um, foreign to their belief system. And this has been going on for forever. It's like if you say anything against vaccinations, man, you get your Twitter account or uh, TikTok account wiped out. Yeah, we had almost 90,000 followers. And uh, I <laughs> woke up. Uh, yesterday morning, and they said, nope, your account's been uh, destroyed, okay, dissolved, eliminated. And no warning or anything else, just, nope, but that's how the Communist Chinese Party is, because they run TikTok. Now, the Communist government in America is just saying, nope, um, we're going to have social media wipe you out as well. So let's, when you're given advice, by a doctor to take a pharmaceutical product to alter your physiology, second-guess that. Okay, say, why is my body needing this? How long will I need to take it? What are all the effects of it? Is there a better alternative? And why is my body producing this? Because when you're looking at things like type 2 diabetes, that is not a disease. That is an adaptation. When you're looking at um, virtually every disease out there, Parkinson's. Okay, this is an adaptation to trauma, toxicity, and deficiency. When you're looking at inflammatory bowel disease, that's an adaptation. These are all adaptations. So now what I want to go through is is this class coming up that we have an apprenticeship class. We're going to talk about the relationship between the spleen, the liver, and the kidneys, and stress. And so I want to explain a little bit more about the liver, the spleen, and the kidneys. Okay, now the kidneys are a blood filter. And they have um, little functional units of nephron. We talked about it last week, how it filters six quarts of blood every 20 minutes. It's amazing. On top of that, and so if you want a drug distribution, we have the pharmacy of the body, and that's the adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands utilize cholesterol to make all the hormones. They make every glucocorticosteroid, minocorticosteroid, and sex hormone out of the cholesterol. 
so that liver is producing the cholesterol so the adrenal glands can utilize it. And then they can distribute it out throughout the body. Now, where does the body get this stuff? Well, um, we have blood, and the blood is produced by the long bones. However, that's stimulated by erythropoietin, which is produced by the kidneys. So when there's low oxygen or low red blood cells, the brain senses that information, sends a signal down to the kidneys, the kidneys for the erythropoietin, and that starts the production of the body to produce red blood cells. Now, those red blood cells last only 120 days because red blood cells wear out. They get a hold of oxygen, carbon dioxide, balance the pH, vital for the immune system. They're incredible. So, so when you look at this, the brain senses oxygen, sends a signal to the kidneys to produce erythropoietin. The long bones produce the erythropoietin, and then the red blood cells last only 120 days. Where they flow through, they flow through this lymph tissue called the spleen. And the spleen is amazing. It checks every red blood cells for viability. The ones that aren't working, it sends over to the liver to be broken down into bile. And bile um, literally is stored and concentrated in this gallbladder. And when fats hit the small part of the intestine, and I'm talking the intestine right next to the stomach, instantly that gallbladder secretes or contracts to have bile forced into that area called the duodenum, and then that emulsifies fats. So think of that. Any type of stress you're under, and this is physical, chemical, or emotional stress, your body secretes hormones to adapt to that. So these are called stressed hormones. And it could be epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, adrenaline. I mean, there's a lot of uh, different um, names. And a lot of the names, sometimes they have two names for the same thing. And you'll see that that goes throughout in history. Like just ask a British person what aluminum is, and they'll say, no, it's aluminium. Same material, different words. So when you're looking at this, you've got the blood produced, okay, it, it circulates around, but any physical, chemical, emotional stress, the adrenal glands are going to be produced in the stress hormones. So those get funneled in the body. And all these, the stress hormones, blood, everything gets into that spleen. And then when it's used up, it gets sent over to the liver. To, so the blood proteins and stress hormones get broken down into their protein and constituents, into their structure to form bile. So the bile is used to emulsify the fats and break it down when it hits the intestinal tract and then gets resorbed in. This is why people under chronic, chronic stress develop gallstones. That's because those stress hormones literally are stored and concentrated in the gallbladder. And so when someone's had their gallbladder removed, they are always, they're still going to be producing bile, uh, but that bile is very, very caustic. I mean, it's designed to break down fats into fatty acids. So if it's constantly dripping in the duodenum, you're looking at duodenal ulcers, you're looking at damage. So make sure if you've had your gallbladder removed that you're taking a little bit of fat with each meal, and this will help protect that intestinal tract. So it's hugely important, hugely important, okay, that we have to, um, uh, 
maintain the integrity of that. And also, too, if you are under chronic stress but you still have your gallbladder, have your chiropractor do some soft tissue adjustments, and you can literally find right underneath your solar plexus in the middle of your gut um, this area called the duodenum. And there will be a line. We see this on a lot of people with high stress where you can work that common bile duct that's sending this thick, thick bile because of the chronic stress down into the duodenum where you can loosen that up. So every system is connected to every system. That's why it's almost impossible to get really decent health care from a system that's divided into the hepatologist, which is the liver specialist, the nephrologist, which is the kidney specialist, the endocrinologist, which is the hormone specialist, that, you know, you don't have somebody tying in all of these professions when they actually need to be tied in. There's no way that you can separate um, the, the, the liver function from the hormone production from the blood filtration system to the bile production, it, it's an intimate relationship. And this is only that relationship. All the, everything you eat goes through this portal vein into the liver, and it's literally filtered through the wall of the intestinal tract. Now, this portal vein can get blocked. So there's, there's little pathways called the portal cable system to keep those arteries alive. But the nutrient-rich blood that gets funneled into that liver, it breaks down this nutrient-rich blood, so it's an enzyme factory, into protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And then that liver dumps all the blood into the heart, the heart to the lungs, so it can oxygenate the blood. And then that lungs, it gets back into the heart, and then the heart along with the arteries, pump it through the body because the heart is just the initiator and the arteries actually contract in order to get that blood flow to flow through. Just know your body is a wonderment and it's amazing. This is Dr. John Bergman. All this stuff will be on our, our video um, tonight. God bless you and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.